This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. Value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider. Let's continue our review of the third quarter of 2019 and also look forward to the fourth quarter and beyond with Philip Saunders, the co-head of multi-asset growth at Investec Asset Management in London. I'm looking at a screen here which says here, table of changes, September 2019. Looking back, and all I can see is yeah, 1.2% up for the Dow Jones, 1.2% up for the S&P, the Nasdaq down 0.1%. So despite the noise and the volatility, Philip, Actually, nothing happened, unless you go to the bond market, of course. Yes, I mean, for equities, you know, despite the growing concerns about a worsening of the trade war, concern about basically you know, economic data continuing to actually come, come out on the dis- disappointing side of expectations, you know, equities, it was pretty much a sort of sideways thing. And the S&P ended up you know, really quite close to its all-time highs, which was pretty remarkable when you thought of the sort of news flow over the quarter, you know, which has been pretty irredeemably negative. Obviously, on the bond side, you've, you saw that extraordinary plunge in bond yields culminating in August. We've seen extraordinary move actually from last year. I was just looking at it, you know, back in September of 2018, uh, the long bond was trading at 3.45%. The consensus then was that uh, it was heading to 4%. The Fed was going to raise interest rates by at least three times. And there was a panic, you know, rising interest rate panic. Come the third quarter of 2019, you have a plunging interest rate panic. I panic about recession, at least within the bond market. And this debate about whether equity investors are being far too sanguine about uh, an imminent recession. What we've seen in the last couple of days is the the reality that maybe one of the longest economic expansions in history, recent history anyway, is perhaps faltering, not coming to an end, but faltering, because we've seen a couple of numbers, a service number, the ISM service number from the United States today, and yesterday the ISM manufacturing number, uh, just saying that maybe things are slowing down a little bit. The market reacted badly yesterday quite badly yesterday today it hasn't done too badly but what do you think are these as i've said to a couple of commentators before are these just shots across the bow or are they something more meaningful yes because i mean obviously all investors you know worry about recessions because recessions normally associated with with earnings recessions too mm. um and and very negative returns on growth assets as as markets sort of reprice In this particular cycle, you know, we've been worrying about recession risks being around the corner for most of this cycle, actually. You know, you remember the sort of, you know, you've got the first dip, you had the second dip, and now we're basically sort of in triple dip territory. And there have been sort of panic attacks in markets. Markets have sold up off, but then you've seen recoveries uh, and markets have rebounded. Um, And we're sort of at one of those junctures now. You know, the, the debate is, you know, are we inexorably slipping into recession and clearly some economies i mean germany is arguably in a recession of sorts at the moment um china basically is experiencing weakest growth for many many years a sort of growth recession if you like um global trade basically is clearly sort of very uh, has been very soft so uh, we're in a weak 
uh, growth environment. Whether that actually tips into recession really, I suppose, ultimately hinges on two things. Uh, the U.S. consumer on the one hand, you know, because they basically, we, we have a manufacturing recession in the U.S., but the consumer has continued to actually uh, spend. Employment has remained reasonably robust. Uh, and also over in China, um, this time around, you know, we're not seeing the kitchen sink type stimulus that we saw on previous occasions in this cycle. Um, and, uh, um, and clearly internationally, we're feeling the effects of the sort of significant slowdown in terms of Chinese growth. So any kind of rebound is going to have to depend on the Chinese economy doing better and the U.S. consumer uh, U.S. consumer spending holding up. You made a very good point earlier on before you described your views on the global economies. And you mentioned a recession versus earnings recession. Is it different this time? Because there is a recession potentially in manufacturing worldwide. But does that mean an earnings recession, given the fact that there are stocks that don't really manufacture things that dominate indices worldwide? It's an interesting conundrum. Yeah, I mean, I think that the um, I would say that the degree of cyclicality, you know, inevitably you get to a point in a cycle whereby certain growth stocks seem to be um, seem to not have cyclical characteristics. Uh, and then you go through the ringer and then all of a sudden you find actually that they're more cyclical than you you led yourself to believe. So I'm sort of somewhat cautious about uh, the idea that you've got these wonderful companies that basically are capable of sort of bucking cyclical trends, you know, if those cyclical trends are material. Um, obviously, if you look at the more outright cyclical areas in markets, i.e. the sort of value stock territory, um, they've had a horrific time. Um, and, you know, they really reflect uh, arguably a, a sort of, you know, significantly weaker global economy. So in a way, if we go into recession, it's quite possible that the... Uh, the cyclicals have already been battered uh, down to levels that where risk premia are quite attractive. Um, but some of the growth stocks that uh, seem to uh, be able to defy gravity might, uh, might derate quite significantly in those circumstances. Let's look back at the third quarter, because this was uh, the purpose, one of the purposes of this chat. As I said, the Dow Jones and S&P up 1.2%, the Nasdaq barely changed. But if you look at the year-to-date number, 17%, 18%, 21% here and there, and of course the US Treasury market doing extremely well. Do you see anything changing given the shots across the bow that we've seen in the first couple of days of trading in October, the fourth quarter, the start of the fourth quarter? Is anything going to change? And will you change your stance? Well, I think the first observation is that uh, if you if you wind back to the beginning of the end of last year, obviously markets had had a significant panic attack um, um, in the final quarter of the year. Obviously, other markets had sort of weakened before the US, but the US really sort of came off uh, dramatically in the fourth quarter of last year. So coming into this year, equity markets were heavily oversold at any rate. So we've simply sort of recovered that sort of lost ground, so to speak. So really, you know, equity markets have just been going sideways now probably for a couple of years. Uh, so it's just these oscillations. Uh, looking forward, what, what, what are we doing differently? Well, uh, for the moment, uh, we are relatively cautiously positioned. You know, we basically did uh, reallocate uh, um, exposure to equities and we added to duration earlier on in the year. But uh, really coming into the summer, 
Uh, we felt that uh, there were increased uncertainties about trade. You know, we were concerned that the U.S. economy was going to slow, which, of course, it has. And we also were concerned that expectations of Chinese economic stabilization and recovery in Europe uh, were probably going to be misplaced. And I think that's been broadly correct. So we're, uh, we're, we're sort of, uh, we're not uh, um, like very defensively positioned. We are sort of moderately defensively positioned, certainly for our sort of balanced sort of uh, propositions. Um, and, um, and when we form a more definitive view about uh, whether we can see the inventory cycle actually uh, beginning to turn, which has been one of the major negatives, um, or evidence from a sort of bottom-up perspective that things are at least stabilizing, until we see that evidence, then we're unlikely to add to our risk. The other thing we've done is we've aggressively cut duration. So we were running you know, very long um, uh, duration in U.S. Treasuries, in Canadian government bonds and Australian government bonds. And they rallied to levels at which the risk premium uh, were sort of really negligible. Uh, and so therefore we were we felt obliged to take profits on those positions and look for other ways to, to sort of compensate, to add defensiveness into our portfolios. So the bond move, we think, is really done. Uh, and uh, you know returns where you really do need to basically have uh, pretty rough recessionary conditions to squeeze more juice um, out of bond markets at this particular point in time. Um, and so what are we doing? Well, you know again, we're global investors, so uh, uh, we've got um, yield curve position steepeners, uh, we're using option equity options, which actually are Pretty inexpensive at the moment still, if you're selective. Before you go on, sorry, Philip, equity options, what are you doing? You mean you're putting in put option structures, that sort of thing, just to protect your portfolios? Yes, absolutely. So, uh, you know, we've enjoyed great rallies in equity markets. You know, we want to protect a bit. Mm. We think that's appropriate at the moment. Yeah, you sound slightly cautious, I must say. Normally you're ebullient and uh, this will happen and that will happen. You sound not uncertain, but you sound cautious, as I said. Yes, I, mean, I think the evidence is such that, uh, uh, that, that that caution is warranted. Now, I think the consensus is pretty cautious as well. So we've always got to be careful about being too closely aligned with the consensus. Um, but ultimately, we're, sort of, we're evidence-based investors um, and at the moment, the evidence is pretty mixed. Um, I think that if we can get through the next few months without meaningful further economic deterioration, uh, then there is a good chance that the inventory cycle is going to swing um, and that central banks will cut interest rates more. There are likely to be more sort of fiscal stimulus in, in, in the mix. Uh, and I think if that is the case, then we can look forward to a sort of weakish recovery next year. Uh, which, of course, you know, um, equity markets will, you know, potentially sort of given investors cautious positioning at the moment. You know, if that was to happen, I recession risks start to reduce, uh, then then obviously you can see this market making progress again and bonds selling off pretty aggressively. Philip, thank you very much for your time. That's Philip Saunders, co-head of multi-asset growth at Investec Asset Management in London.